Welcome to Vineyard 401. We're continuing our Vineyard Voyage, and we'll actually wrap it up here uh, today with uh, this look at, at uh, uh, we're actually going to be talking about worship a little bit, about giving. Now, um, the idea behind the Vineyard Voyage is we broke it down into 101, 201, 301, 401. We're talking about what it means to be a part uh, of the church, what it looks like. And, and I use an acronym uh, that we talked about in the very in the intro called found which we just made fostering outward upward natural disciples that's the deal that's what we're looking for and then in vineyard 101 we talked about what it meant to be found by Jesus we talked about salvation and baptism and uh, how important those things are and and uh, they're you know it's obviously the most important things getting to know Jesus so salvation and then we talked about baptism and uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've, you know, we had a baptism uh, service out in Bay Honda a couple of weekends ago, baptized 15. Uh, this, yesterday, yesterday, I went out and baptized three more people um, who wanted to get baptized. So those are, that's wonderful things. That's sort of the inclusion into the family sort of picture. It has uh, natural as well as supernatural implications, a very important thing. We'll do another baptism uh, coming up here real soon. If you're watching on video, and you don't know what time of the year it is, but we do five a year, so there's always one coming up. So if you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized. Then in Vineyard 201, we talked. To, we call that find a friend, and we talked about communion and what that looks like, and, and fellowship and how those things work together. And communion, another vital and important um, ordinance that Jesus gave us, and really, uh, you know, baptism is sort of signifies the the start, if you would. You know, salvation does, but, but baptism is a picture. And then the continuation of the process, is we, we, get, we pick that up in communion and what that means as we, we connect. And we, we looked at that and we talked about the importance of fellowship, how important it is to get together, um, to be with other believers. Uh, you know, certainly we have relationships with, with unbelievers as well, but there's something about um, our relationship with other believers that's, that's you know, amazing and, and that we need that and it's important. Then we talked in Vineyard 301, we call that found a job. You know, we talk about serving, we talked about ministry and how those things tie together and how important it is. Really, everybody finds a, a spot where they're giving you know, back from their, from their talents and the giftings that God has given them and what that looks like. And so we spent time looking at that. Today, I call this last one, Vineyard 401, sort of found a home. Um, so that when you sort of engage with... Uh, um, uh, us and you think you know this is where I'm supposed to be this is where I feel like God is planning me then then we talk about the ideas we're going to talk about here which is worship and, and giving obviously worship is is uh, something that we do at any level but we're, we're, we're putting it in here but we consider it a win um, if, if people are anywhere along that sort of spectrum like uh, you know salvation is a win uh, if we can get people into the kingdom, that's a win. If if uh, if they don't make it all the way through with us and, and say, hey, this is where I want to stay, I get that. Because sometimes people are moving and leaving or passing through or, or whatever. That's fine. It's still uh, a success if, if we get people into the kingdom. If we get people baptized, another big win um, for the kingdom. I get I get excited about that. Celebrating communion together, that's a win. I, I, that's a matter. Fellowship, when we get together. That's a win. If we can make that happen, that's good. If people start to serve, that's a win. If, if they get involved in ministry, that's another win. Um, you know, uh, and so and then if they, you know, if people choose to connect with us, that's obviously something that we, we like to have happen. But um, anywhere along the line is a success to us. It's why we're here. You know, our mission is one more. And we've talked about that, how important it is. All right. Well, today uh, th- I want to start by talking about worship. 
in this process. And, and there's something about sort of how it connects the, uh, you know, we get saved and we, we do, we, we get baptized and we, we, we start to take communion and we start having fellowship with one another and we, 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 you know, we, we're finding places to serve and to minister. Um, all of that stuff is part of what worship really looks like. It's all sort of encompassed in those things. And Romans 12, 1 and 2 is a great sort of passage about worship. Uh, it says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that passage really has in it all of the elements of of worship. There's there's the motivation to worship, you know, the, the mercies of God. God's mercies are everything to us. Um, he, he's given us, you know, what we don't deserve, uh, a love, grace, the Holy Spirit, peace, joy, faith, comfort, strength, wisdom, hope, patience, kindness, honor, glory, righteousness, security, eternal life, forgiveness, reconciliation, justification, sanctification, freedom, intercession, and, and a whole lot more. I could have written more, but that was a pretty good list. But that's the mercies of God. I, I, I don't know about you. I'm grateful for the mercies of God. I'm grateful they're new every morning. You know, if you've been here for any length of time, you always hear me say, I'm, I'm glad the mercies of God are new every morning because my messes are new every day as well. And uh, so, so the mercy of God is an amazing, amazing thing in this process. Uh, also, um, in, in that passage uh, is a description of the manner of our worship. Present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. That means to, to give God all that we are. Um, we, we talk about that here all the time, about loving God all in heart, mind, soul, and strength. The, the reference there to our bodies is, is all that we are, all, all of our human faculties, all of our, our humanness, our, you know, uh, hearts, minds, hands, thoughts, attitudes. They're to be presented to God. Um, and, and so what we're saying to him is, God, you know, I, I'm yours in, in, in every way. And, and that's part of what worship really looks like in the process. And it's, it's a sacrifice, if you would, of, of um, giving up to control over to him. Just saying, God, I don't want to be in control of my life. I want you to be in control of my life. I, I, I want to get myself off of the throne you know, part of that thing that we talk about here all the time about this is his story and we're, you know, he's the noun and he invites us into it and we're adjectives in the story where we, our lives describe his life. And, and then we have this sort of thing where we keep sort of getting him out of the center and putting ourselves in the center. The other way to look at that, you know, he's, he's on the throne and that's where he's supposed to be. And, and we kind of put ourselves on the throne in our own lives and that's no good for us. And, and we keep trying to take back control over our lives uh maybe i shouldn't speak for you uh i keep trying to do it and so every day i gotta i gotta wrestle through that god i don't want to be the one in control i don't i don't want to think like that way i want i want you to do that and so um we're to we're to give that to him how do we do that well paul ties in the renewing of our minds in the process if if uh, we've been talking lately about that that whole thing we're spending actually a bit of time on the weekends talking about that in our All Things New series. And, and you know, what does that look like? And I said to you that, that when we came to know Jesus, you know, we're, amazing things happen and we're new creations. And uh, significant 
miraculous things have taken place and we get a new heart, a new spirit. All these amazing things happen. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. But what doesn't happen at that moment is that our minds are not completely regenerated on the spot. They need to be renewed. They have to be trans- we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. And what happens is that the Holy Spirit comes and he begins leading and guiding us into all truth so that our minds can be renewed and, and so that we become transformed in the process. And, and, um, and we do that really by yielding to the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about that here soon. Um, but we yield to the Holy Spirit. And then the other, you know, another important part of that is spending time in the Word. So um, you hear me say that here often as well. You've got to spend time in the Word of God. You've got to. There's no shortcut. There's no other way to do it. It's not just enough to come and, and hear what I have to say about it or, or, or just to listen to other, other people speak about it. You, you've got to open it. You've got to read it. You've got to ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate it to you, and it needs to become a regular part of your life. And, and um, you know, if you can do that, if you can take that from somehow becoming some sort of chore or duty, but, but really plugging into the, you know, I, I've given you the picture. It's like, it's like sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening for his word. You know, I gave you pictures like that and letting him speak to you through his word. That's kind of the process that... That we make an appointment with God, and when you pray, Holy Spirit, would you show me what I need to see? Everything begins to come alive, and it's it shouldn't be a, a chore. But but the reason it it sometimes becomes difficult is because the enemy doesn't want you to read the Bible. You remember, I, I we've been talking about this as well. That that the enemy's very real. He's very active. Um, he's even though he's defeated, he hasn't departed. Um, even though you belong to Jesus, he doesn't want you to experience the fullness of life that, that Jesus wants you to experience. And so he steals stuff from you. And this is one of the things that he'll take from you. This, he'll, take, he'll try and keep you from praying. He doesn't want you praying um, because that's just something he would rather avoid. Um, you, you being, there's a, he, prayer is a powerful thing. Reading the word is a powerful thing. Well, and so one of the things I'm always trying to do when we're on the weekends together is is sort of, Pick out some things in the scripture that maybe you haven't seen so you can see how amazing the, the book is. And, and uh, you know, if, if, if you can take in the idea that it all fits together, that, that we don't, you know, um, we're not just we don't just hang out here in the, you know, the, this part, this little part in the back, the new part, that the old part makes all this even better. And this makes the old part even better. And, and they all matter. And that the stories and the themes run throughout the scripture. So we keep going back when we're looking at the scripture to creation. I keep taking you back to Exodus. That Exodus theme runs throughout scripture. You see it again and again and again. You read Exodus, then go read the book of Judges. And there's like ten more Exoduses that happen. Because they keep getting in trouble and getting rescued. It's a picture of Exodus. Exodus, exile. All of the exiles. Another big picture of Exodus. Jesus, he's our Exodus. Um, and that theme runs through so you can see that the God is at work rescuing his people. Ultimately, so that when we come to know Jesus, we get it. That he's rescuing us and what that means to us creation is 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 throughout the idea of what took place in creation and the the cosmic temple there in the garden of eden and how god's desire was to come and dwell here on earth in eden with his people and that's always been the heart of god and creation was good and that god hasn't given up on creation even though we've messed up and the fall happened god's never given up in creation and we look at revelation 21 and 22 and we see he's he's coming and restoring everything to get back to that place where heaven and earth 
come back together again and, and we dwell, God dwells with us here on a restored earth back to the beginning, back to Genesis is what that picture is. That word renewal actually has that connotation in it, back to the beginning. And that when you read the scripture, you start looking for heaven and earth coming together and it happens all the time in, in that dynamic and that's why we stress that. You know, it happened at the tabernacle after the exodus. There was heaven and earth, a place where they met outside the camp now because of the mess that the people were still but but heaven and earth had a very real place and then heaven and earth had a very real place in the temple and the temple was destroyed and then and then in jesus time jesus says i'm the temple and jesus fully god fully man heaven and earth together in jesus and then crucifixion resurrection um, then the holy spirit comes over and what does paul say we're the temple of the holy spirit heaven and earth now in here how amazing is that and then the time is coming in revelation 21 when the new heaven comes down to the new earth and they're popped together and that they exist like that and that's what we're waiting for well when you start seeing those things all of a sudden the scripture will pop alive to you and that's the place where god wants you and that's the place the enemy doesn't so, so that's why we have to keep plugging in, pressing in, yielding to the Holy Spirit, spending time in the Word, renewing our minds. All of that is, is worship. So, um, sometimes when we, we, when we say the word worship, we think it's just about our time singing. That's, that's an expression of worship. And, and that's part of it. Um, music can be an expression um, of worship. But but it's not that's not all inclusive. That's not all that worship is. Um, true worship is God centered worship. And and um, um, you know it, sometimes people when they think it's just about music, they get caught up in what they should sing and how they should sing and what that looks like and what that's going on. But but that's not the the essence in the heart of worship. Um, John four twenty four. Jesus says God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. That means we we, we worship from the heart. The way that God's designed us. So worship includes things I was talking about. Talks includes prayer. It talks worship is reading the Word of God. Um, worship is absolutely singing. Uh, worship is participating in communion when it's offered. Worship is in serving others when that comes up. Um, it's it's not limited to to one act, but but it's it's done properly when the heart and the attitude of the person is in the right place. That's what we're supposed to be about. And so when we're we're doing the the you know our our daily life yielded to the Holy Spirit, trying to walk out this walk the best we can, that is worship to God. That's what that's what it's all about, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. So it's not confined just to church or or you know when when we're together, although that's certainly a part of worship. Um, it's really the acknowledgement of God in all His power and glory in everything that we do. That's worship. That's what it looks like. In all and sort of figuring out in. Everything that you do is part of your worship. Even, you know, how you go through your days, um, how, how you do your jobs, it's part of your worship. How you drive your cars, <laughs> how you go through the line at Winn Dixie, <laughs> how you treat the people that are serving you in a restaurant, how, that's all part of your worship. You get it? And when you start to live like that, it changes everything. And that's what he calls us to. And, and uh, you know, the highest form of, of, of worship and praise, it's obedience to him and his word. It's just living this thing out. None of us is going to do it perfectly, but that's the idea. That's what we're shooting towards. So that's why, you know, that's what we're talking about. That's what, that's what that, that yielded life looks like in worship. Okay.
So you have an idea of worship. So you didn't hear me say that it's not about music. It's some about music. It's just not. Sometimes we go, oh, we're going to. When you say that to people, hey, we're going to go worship. They think, okay, it's just about music. But it could be we're going to go hand out some ice cream. Yeah, okay. All right. So then, last, last thing I want to talk about in, in this Vineyard Voyage and, um, is about giving. Now, and because giving gets some bad press sometimes. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people think that's all the church cares about is, is, uh, is you giving. And, and so we go to great lengths here actually to diffuse that as much as we can. So um, pretty much from the moment that you get here, we're trying to give to the people that walk through the door whatever we can. Um, that's why there's always food. Of course, you know, I, I've, I've told you my heart about food is that the first person that ever really witnessed to me was with a sandwich. And so that's, God's used that throughout my life. And so if you like food, you need to thank Bob Miller because he was the one that gave me that first sandwich. And, uh, <laughs> and that's why. I know it matters something. But, but it also, I, I realize over time, um, if, if as a community of people, um, if we are constantly giving things away, giving ourselves away, giving what we can away, then it diffuses that. So there's there's very little here that you're ever expected to pay for ever. You know, we do free movie nights. We give away free ice cream. Every, all the food is free. All the coffee is free. Everything is free um, because we 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 want to unset. We want to undo some of the bad thinking. However, giving is a part of who we are as believers. It's part of your nature. It's part of what God calls you to. We've looked at this verse a lot, John 10.10. 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that may have life and have it to the full. Um, abundant life. So God is a God of abundance. 2 Corinthians 9.8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So, so God loves to give. That's the heart of God in the process. Um, he sacrificed willingly on the cross, and then through that he invites us into this fullness of life. And as his kids, we're called to imitate him. Um, so, so what he demonstrates, we're to follow. Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. So because God is a giver, he wants us to learn what that looks like. And, and what that happens, uh, in the, and particularly in the world around us. We're to be a light to the world. Matthew five fourteen through 16, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp, put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds, and pray your Father, praise your Father in heaven. So as we become more and more, more like God in this idea of, of being givers through the process and you know, all this is, takes time, and we've talked about sanctification and what that looks like. We're yielding to the Holy Spirit. Um, and I said, you know, that uh, I've told you that, that when we come to know Jesus, that the idea of righteousness is that we become image bearers once again, that God created us in His image, and we begin to reflect God in this process. And uh, as we press on, we reflect God more and more, and and. Part of what we should be reflecting is this idea that God is a generous, giving God. And he calls us to live that way in the process. Um, and it has uh, positive effects in, in human relationships. When someone gives freely to another person, often that releases that person to 
pay that forward, if you would. There was a movie about that not that long ago. But it really does sort of set some things in motion, kind of breaking that, that, that thing off of us that feels like if we don't hang on very tightly to everything that's ours, we won't have it left. And the opposite is true. As we, we understand that it's all God's, and he just... Um, He's faithful to direct us and how we're to, to process through that. Um, he just resupplies. So that's what God does. But we, we struggle with that because we, we, have, we have to trust in order to do that. Um, but, but we listen. Acts 20.35. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said is more blessed to give than to receive. That was the Apostle Paul saying we're going we're gonna to bless people wherever we can. And so... Um, so our, our giving demonstrates God's character to the world. It also results in, in increased faith for us when, when, when we're willing to be uh, obedient to the Lord and listen for what he wants us to do and step out in that and trust him. It helps us to know that he's faithful and that he's good and, and that he's a provider uh, to us. First Kings 17, 7 through 16. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. I love this response. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few... Sorry, I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. I'm sorry. I just think that's funny. I probably shouldn't think that's funny. But I think she's had, you know, Elijah saying to her, hey, um, look, grab me a little water, would you? And by the way, whip up some bread. And she's not in a good place. And I just have this idea of her going, cheeky. Sorry. Anyway, Elijah says, look, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you've said. Not the go home and eat it and die part. Go home and do as you said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. He's saying, listen, I know you got that little bit left for you, but go ahead and make it for me. This is what God says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. She had to take a little step of faith there because I think there was enough in there to make that first cake for Elijah. And then, but there he provides, right? So that's, this is the heart of God. Um, that's what, you know, especially when, when God's speaking into the situation, we need to listen and be obedient and we're not to be foolish, but... There's something about us trusting God in that area, but in every area of our life, that when we sort of empty ourselves, where we trust him, he fills us back up again. That's, that's part of that picture. And it's an amazing thing, and it's a wonderful thing. A lot of believers struggle with this issue. Um, again, I think at some places it's been overemphasized, and people have been beat up with the whole idea. But, but giving is intended to be a joy and a blessing. That's opportunities to give should be counted that way. And, and when they're not, it's, something's not quite right. That's like, you know, every, every year, this time of year, we do, the, we do a one more offering. And I, I try and present it in a way where no one ever feels 
pressured into having to give because I don't want that. I just want him to pray and ask and do whatever. And whatever that is, is good. I'm, I'm, I trust that God's going to do what he needs to do. I'm very comfortable with that. But I also know we need to make opportunities to sort of give into that thing. And so there it is. So to me, that's the heart of it um, and what that looks like. Uh, and, and so giving is like that. New Testament does say that... Um, Gifts should be in keeping with income, 1 Corinthians 16.2. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up. So when I come, no collections will have to be made. This should just be on our heart, that portion of what God gives, we're going to give, we're going to give away. And, and you, know, you, you need to really seek God in those things. Ask God what to do, James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God. Who gives generously to all without finding fault, it will be given to him. And uh, anything that we give should come out of that place that's just settled and trusting in him. Second Corinthians 9, 7, each person should give what they've decided in their heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I did a um, message on this, um, and so rather than redo that entire message in a very short period of time, it's called Act Your Wage. And the link is on the piece of paper that I gave you, and it'll be at the bottom of this um, website. And I talk about, um, you know, things that are important and how in this time, uh, in in this part of our culture, for many people, um, they're so stretched financially that the idea of of giving is like, well, I can't. It's just not going to happen. And yet the problem is we need to. It's good for us. It's good for us in every area of life. So in that in that video, and it's not very long, they did it in 20 minutes, I think. Um, uh, it helps us to sort of deal with how we've gotten so stretched because of our culture, starting to rein some of that in so that we don't live like a lot of people live at like 120 percent of what they make, which isn't possible. <laughs> you get it? It's not doable. And yet lots and lots of people live there and then they get caught up in in trying to sustain that. And so you have to kind of break that off of you, which because God doesn't want you living under that. You've got to take some steps and you've got some charges, some things that you have to do that are hard. But you start with that. You start breaking that back and getting that caught up and paid off so that you can live in the freedom of being able to give. And it's way better to live there when you can sort of get to that spot where, OK, I'm I'm not going to do that anymore, but I want to live this. And part of that is is not being swayed by all of the billions of dollars that have been spent on advertisement to get you to spend way times that much money. It's just sort of learning how to be at peace with where you are and what the reality of your life is and, and living in that. And, and then it starts to turn around is much better. But I, I, I sort of spell that out in that little video. So um, you, you might want to watch it. It's pretty good, I think. And so that's listed for you. But that's enough of that. And that's enough of the Vineyard Voyage. And um, thank you for taking time to watch all these videos. And uh, any questions you got, you can shoot me a text or an email and come and see me and I'll try and answer them for you. All right. Thank you.